Well, 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 look who's back. I've been MIA for a few months. I got caught up with the holidays, and then I had some other issues that to take care of within my home. But I'm back. So, um, I've been singing a whole new vibe for 2021. And given this new vibe, I've realized that my thoughts and rambles were drifting down a dark path with some of the subjects that I was thinking and talking about as of late. And as the Buddha quote goes, what we think we become. And so I wanted to revamp um, my podcast and I'm just trying to figure it out right now um, in terms of what I want to do. I mean, it's thoughts and ramble, so it could be about anything that I want, but I'm in flux. I'm in flux, but I'm back. I'm back. Sorry I've been gone for so long, and I want to thank everybody for uh, hanging in there and um, listening, um, getting new and more listeners all the time. But we're in March. Today is March 16th, and um, winter is almost over. It's a little chilly today, but, you know, we are on our way. So anyway, what am I, what do I want to, what am I, what have I been thinking about, and what do I want to ramble about? So, Netflix kept recommending the show Bridgerton to me. And, um, like I always do, I ignore recommendations, um, from, you know, the streaming services. I'm like, oh, do that doesn't look interesting to me. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that. So, but anyway, it kept recommending it to me. And so, one night, about a week ago, um, I decided to watch it. I know I'm late. I'm late to, I'm late to the show. Um, but I watched it in one sitting. Like I was up to two fifteen in the morning on a work night, no doubt. So, um, while there are other storylines entangled and weaved throughout this, these eight episodes, of course, we're always most interested in. Um, the main storyline between Miss Daphne Bridgerton and Simon Bassett, the Duke of Hastings. Of course we are. Of course we are. Because the gentleman, Reggae Ray, Jean Page, is fine as hell. So, of course, you know, that just probably sent everybody's sensibilities to the left. Totally, right? But if you have not seen the show as of yet on Netflix, I must forewarn you that there are spoilers in here. And so while I expound on my commentary, this is how it it kind of, I'm just doing um, how I think it kind of like translates into the real world and, you know, how real relationships um, go. I'm only doing, it's like a reflection on Simon and Daphne. That's it. I'm not getting into Anthony, Eloise, the uh, the Featheringtons, um, no, the and Marina Thompson, and all those other characters. I just want to dive into Daphne and Simon, Simon and Daphne. So you know, we find ourselves in, of course, historic London, London, the Regency period, and I think my first impression of the show was uh, the reason I didn't want to watch it. Um, because I wasn't really interested in any, watching any period pieces. But one night while I was eating my Panera bread, I just, I had a flat bread, uh, pizza. I decided to watch some of the episode, 
um, episode one. And that turned, like I said, into a binge watch on a work night, culminating in me going to bed at 2.15 in the morning, being slightly hot and bothered. <laughs> of course, right? So instantly I got the sense that the, of course, we know that the Bridgertons are the It family compared to the Featheringtons, who are the eccentric, like new money um, family. They don't get any respect. And their oldest daughter, Daphne, who is now entering this thing, I guess they call the social season, or she's coming out into society. She's coming on like the meat market, y'all. The marriage meat market is what is going on. Um, where, you know, young women are now allowed to meet and greet and entertain suitors for their hand in marriage. Now, as they would say, her honor has never been compromised, never been compromised. Basically, she's a virgin. She's a virgin. She ain't never been touched. She pure. She clean, you know. And so while Daphne, you know, she's a little bit of a smart ass. Um, she has some ways about her in terms of making she wanting to be not necessarily a strong independent woman like her sister Eloise but she does have thoughts of her of her own um but anyway her goal is what she's been raised for is to seek love with a man who has the proper status and money right and it's just like all these women who want to be uh, elevated in society. I'm not even going to go into the whole issue of women being treated like a piece of property in this uh, era. And, you know, like men are window shopping for a wife and the shiniest clean one is the best and pure one. No, I'm not, I'm not going to touch upon that. But you heard what I said, right? But anyway, Daphne is one of Queen Charlotte's. Uh, she basically deemed her the belle of the ball, right? That she is the incomparable. Um, she has been chosen because she's flawless, as she said. So we also then have mixed in, of course, this gossip column um, who names names by a mystery woman um, author by the name of Lady Whistledown. And um, a lot of things people are doing are to keep good favor in the name of Lady Whistledown. So, but around the 13, 13 minute, 30 second mark we get the real reason why women are instantly enthralled by this show the duke of hastings um and there he is riding up on his horse looking all scrumptious at the moment i laid my eyes on him then he smiled i knew he was going to be trouble for daphne the lead female but shit because he was trouble for me you know he had those bad boy vibes galore because you know how we love our fine ass bad boys you know the ones that are emotionally unavailable the ones women want to fix and baby the ones we you know we allow to get away with murder the ones we make excuses for you know the ones that blow our backs out yeah them instantly instantly with his five o'clock shadow but anyway simon the duke of hastings well he's a hard man um it's written all over him in his demeanor that he has demons right and um, he doesn't want to socialize. He doesn't want to be involved in this society social season thing because, you know, um, they've been hounding him. The mamas, the mamas, as they would say, the mamas have been hounding him because he was the most eligible bachelor on the you know block. Right. And so as an eligible man who happens to be newly minted in his dukedom um, because the death of his father, um, you know, surely, of course, the mama's thinking he'd be looking for a bride. But that is the furthest thing from this man's mouth, you know, thought. He's not looking for no wife. He is with a 
called is a rake, which is the Regency equivalent to a fuckboy, okay? He's a hoe, right? So rake is their word for being a hoe, and the only person who seems to have any control on him is Lady Danbury, who raised him when his father was being a pompous asshole. So, you know, she got his number. She say all kinds of stuff to him. But anyway, now that you've got the gist of their backgrounds, um, they meet at at a ball, right? So Daphne's being pursued by this suitor that she's not interested in and happens to bump into the Duke, right? And when asked his name, he, you know, he gives her that look, you know, uh, why are you out here acting like you don't know my name? You know who I am. You know, he's just, oh my God, it's just the arrogancy, right, of it all with his fine self, right? Everybody knows who I am. You know who I am. I mean, the chip was like huge, right? But like, we get it. You the shit. But anyway, just the, you know, just by luck, the Duke went to school with Daphne's older brother, Anthony. So basically, um, they come from different views of life. One more experience, Daphne, between Daphne and Simon, right? So one is more experienced, um, belittling, kind of trite. And the other one is filled with uh, wonderment, curiosity, and she's very naive. So he has a great worldly understanding compared to her. She just knows she's supposed to find love and find a husband and have children. He's been to school. He's educated. He is rich. He has traveled the world. And he's fucked a lot of women, basically. But from the jump, I already knew that they were going... Of course we knew they were going to like one another because this is what the show is about, right? But uh, I believe that he liked her wit and her charm because the way that she was talking to him when they first met, that little eyebrow went up um he realized she you know she wasn't easy um to be overcome by his charms um she however liked him because of his emotional unavailability subconsciously i believe right but as we go on we're gonna figure all that out so you know daphne you know she's pushed to accept simon's plan because of the lady uh the gossip that the lady whistled down so basically what happens they're all up in this garden she's outside in the garden trying to get away from folks and Nigel the guy who wants to marry her he trying to come on to her the duke comes in but she punches Nigel in the eye and then you know the duke is impressed you know and so he proposes this plan that um you know he could cocks a plan to keep the women keeping the women off of him the mamas and to make Daphne more desirable to suitors since Lady Whistledown had deemed Daphne basically a dud that they pretend to form an attachment and from that on point we get the usual relationship drama y'all okay from the start of this ruse, uh, he gives her whatever it is that she wants and she fails to realize how little effort he showed into fighting the things that she wants. It's like a freaking game. I think he knew at that point because she'd be like, I need you with eight balls. He's like, yeah, three. And she's like, no, okay, six. And he's like, no, four. I mean, they go back and forth, but he knew what he was going to do all along. He's just out here playing, right? So, um, he just, he... He, she wants him to buy her some expensive flowers, but he's like, nah, I'm not, I'm not doing all that, right? But yet and still, he ends up sending those flowers anyway, right? Um, so Daphne is giving carte blanche to speak to him how she feels. 
He enjoys her spikiness, but he acts as if he's thwarting like her every move. But you can tell he's very intrigued, very intrigued. So as the story moves along, we find out why Simon is so damaged, right? And why he lives the way that he does, right? Why? Because he has daddy issues. His daddy issues, y'all. Like deep, deep, root-seated daddy issues. But of course he does, because bad boys sometimes really do have daddy issues. So his, fa his father was a monster, right? He treated him cruelly. I mean, spoke to him cruelly. The man had no love for his son um, until on his deathbed, you know, when he, when um, Simon had came back and he had seen what Simon had made himself into. He was so proud of him that on, you know, his deathbed, you know, that he was taking his rightful ownership, you know, into his dukedom, right? But Simon wasn't having no parts of that. Dude, you know, you done scarred this fine-ass man. You done scarred him, right? So his payback was to let his father know while gasping for the last bits of that stale-ass historic London-ass heir that he would never marry and never sign an heir, wanting to cut the family name off. He like, nah, this dude... <coughs> he was like, yeah, listen to me. I'm gonna make a vow to you. The only vow that I've ever made, right? Ever, ever will make. Uh, I'm not giving... You, you think it's going to last on, it's about to get cut, shorty. So the Duke was like, basically, <laughs> the, Duke, the the new Duke, Simon, he was like, yeah, die, you know, die, because you were sent, right? So that was Simon Solomon vow, right? That, you know, the vow he would only ever make, and this was the hill that he chose to die on. Um, just to outwit and outsmart his father for all the years of humiliation, cruelty, and fuckery. So that's the shit that he's on with his daddy issues. Now, this vow has lived on until he met who? Daphne. Of course it is. Of course it is, right? Because, you know, Daphne is swooning over the Duke now, thinking of him like the man in her dreams. He in her dreams, you know, watching how he licks his spoon. Oh, Lord, that part, that spot. We all want to be spoons now. All women, we want to be spoons now. But anyway... Well, you know, so this is where I believe that the reason Daphne is turning down marriage proposals is because she's really about the Duke, right? And she's just waiting for him to try to like, you know, kind of like come around, but she can't read his signals. But she doesn't want to let him know because she thinks he wouldn't be accepting of this. And despite the fact that he's, I mean, he's giving her all these kind of like signs, the, the eyebrows, the smirks, all kinds of stuff, right? You can just tell they're lusting for one another um, and are continuing the rules out of, um, the, you know, pretending to court to protect themselves of rejection. And Daphne, she doesn't want to admit that the Duke is appealing to her because she believes him to be a rake. And the Duke wants to admit to Daphne that his affections, because of his death, you know, that deathbed vow that he swore to uphold to himself and his dead-ass whack father. So, you know, we got some conflictions, conflictions, conflicted, conflicted. It's some convoluted shit, y'all. It's convoluted, right? So communication and relationships can be hard. And I'm pretty sure back then it was even harder because the woman had her place and all this other stuff, right? But anyway, this is fantasy but um, rejection and fear of someone not wanting you can be crippling, right? But because of his rules, Simon is forced to let Daphne go. Because why? A prince shows up. And Lady Danbury is like, look. So a prince, no doubt, shows interest and he wants her hand in marriage. But Daphne, she, you know, she wants to marry for love. And there's no way, there's just no love there for the prince, right? Even though he's a prince, she's all about it. 
um, I mean, who wouldn't want to marry a prince? But she's in love with the duke. And even though the duke has pushed her away, making her think that he doesn't want to continue the rules, he's in despair, y'all. I'm talking about agony, just hurt. I mean, he's yearning for Daphne, weighing it against the deathbed vow that he committed to himself. He's struggling. You know, the bad boy is struggling. But anyway, their bond seems to be solidified um, over a piece of artwork. So they're like this little art thing. And um, it, the art was a favorite piece of his deceased and beloved mother. And uh, this is the point that I think that uh, the Duke transformed his like rakiness, right? Um, because he was invited by an opera singer to come by, she's a hoe, right? To come pass after her, one of her shows. And he stood her up, right? You know, she offered him to stop by one of her performances. He was like, nah, um, he decided to go home and she looking stupid waiting for him, you know, to come by and he, you know, he didn't show up. But anyway, so I thought that was noble because that's the beginning of his transformation, right? In terms of how he started to really you know, feel deeply for, uh, Daphne. But anyway, earlier in the day, he had gotten, um, uh, he had told Daphne, now she was asking her naive questions about, um, what happens between a husband and wife. So he gives her this long, mm, that was hot, uh, about how she can touch herself, right? Sister, I mean, that was a set up. Getting her all aroused at the mere thought of touching herself with heavy thoughts of him. Mm, 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 mm. So he out here playing games knowing he wants to touch her but can't because he shouted. Because he don't want to sully her good name and her reputation. Besides, Simon was quietly putting in a bid for her affections. You know, without ha having to publicize it, you know, or announce his attentions. But you know what? That's what bad boys do. They are so slick with it. They are so slick with it, with their mind games. But anyway, like I said, Lady Danbury, she called him out on his shit. She was like, look, stop playing with that girl's feelings and let her go be with the prince. And that's exactly what he does because he can't stand up to his own emotions because of that stupid ass vow. But anyway, so it, he's, he was rude and crass to her, right? To get away from her, to just kind of like push her towards the prince because he can't marry her because of that damn deathbed. Uh, vow lingering in the ether so what happens when the heart wants what it when it when, when it wants something it can't have um and it appears to uh he just he's 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 angry you know he's he's suffering an unbearable pain y'all he's you know you can just tell so but on both parts on both parts and that because they played this game and then they fell for each other but him being more worldly and experienced he knew what he was doing she thinking she was searching for the perfect match found him a broken man girl a broken man right a broken man who could not see um how much he needed her but wasn't willing to divert and open his heart due to his daddy issues so shit you know shit like this this baggage it holds a lot of people down and away from accepting love into their lives shit like this keeps people's hearts hidden and afraid to be vulnerable hence the reason why men and women play games keeping the most important things locked away for fear of something that hasn't even happened in a relationship and that is rejection heartache and pain I'm telling you all. But anyway, this prompts Daphne to dress in her best revenge dress. You know, it ain't a black one. But she comes swooping in, taking the prince from her arch rival, making the Duke feel some kind of way for dissing her the way he did. Like, go on, Daphne. Like, psh, psh, okay. Um, 
you all in that man's head. She all in the Duke's head, for real, for real. So, but it eventually, Simon has put uh, Daphne's uh, character into question when they are caught kissing in the garden. So one of Daphne's friends has uh, has seen what happened. So how do we get to that point? Well, she was about to, they were at a ball and the prince was about to propose and Daphne just ran away from him and she's out in the garden and there he is and he's, no, you know how they go back and forth. I miss you, I want you. Oh, Miss Bridgerton. And she's like, say something and he's just standing there all stupid like and so she runs into the garden and he runs after her Miss Bridgerton! Miss Bridgerton! <laughs> Finally catches up to her and he looks in her eyes and he kisses her like what? Like yes right? But like no because you're about to be in a lot of trouble but anyway so this puts them in a very precarious position and her brother is also seeing Mrs. Soul and his sister because he caught him, right? So he demands that the Duke marry Daphne and the Duke declines. He's like, nah, I can't do it. Why? Because of the deathbed vow, right? So the brother challenges the Duke to a duel to save his sister's honor, right? And even though dueling is illegal, they they about to do that at dawn. Dramatic, girl, dramatic. Now, this is where I feel like the crux of an issue between a couple, right? So without telling Daphne the real deal, he, you know, he likens his vow to something um, as simple as he can't have children. So what happens is there is a duel and she comes riding in through the duel. You know, they're all upset and she's having a moment with the Duke and he's telling her why he can't marry her. And it's because he cannot have children. Right. And he tells her that he can't marry her because, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing it. But he don't tell her about the vow. So now, you know, you know, he's on some noble um uh, it's on some noble shit because it's like, yeah, I I know that you want children and I don't want to take that from you. And, you know, I don't want to, you know, sacrifice all of that and this, this, that, and the third. And so, but that death vow shit at the moment was like precluding her happiness, his happiness. It's just, it's a bunch of bullshit, right? But he's willing to die. He's willing to die because he's like, yeah, if I die, that shit will be over, right? And I would have fulfilled my vow. So he wasn't going to allow, he was going to allow the brother to just kill him. But, you know, no, you know, that didn't, you know, now you know that didn't happen. So basically Daphne was the one who made him marry her, right? Because she was like, the Duke and I shall be married. And he's looking like, what? Did you just hear everything I just said? I can't get you no kids. Like, no. Right. But she set aside her own needs to match his despite not knowing the real deal behind his statement of not giving her children so she chose that she wanted to protect her reputation and deep down inside her heart she wanted him all along so you know she told her mother that the duke had proposed but it was she who threw the gauntlet down and it was she um and said you know this is what was going to happen he never proposed but he secretly wanted it he always wanted it, but uh, he lacked the courage to do so within his heart and with the, with his words. And though he thinks, you know, she is, uh, though he thinks that he, you know, she's under pressure to marry him because he sullied her name in the garden, he doesn't realize she feels the same way as he, okay? So, they figure out they care for one another on their wedding night. Whoa, was that steamy, right? And to me, their relationship took a lustful turn. They started fucking like jackrabbits and shit. And I'm not saying that there can't be lust, because they were on their honeymoon. But I think he's excited that he found love. And um, 
I think sex was used as a love thing, you know. I think now in days it's beyond sex. There's communication and talking in relationships. Um, we, we, you know, we have meaningful conversations now. I don't really think how how many meaningful conversations they had during that time. But anyway, he took advantage of her not knowing anything about sexual relations and to pull one over her because, you know, he dick whipped her. She all dick whipped and she's thinking she's doing her wifely duty, but he's happy because he gets to make love to this woman he deeply cares for. But Simon never once does he say the words, I love you or I love you, Daphne, uh, like not, you know, not like she does eventually. Um, and it's sad to see that Daphne had to learn how children were conceived from her right-hand woman, Rose, right? Like, her mom didn't tell her shit. And so, um, and this is where I'm like, she just sexually assaulted this man, right? She's like, what I mean by that is it just reminds me of whole tactics when women want to trap men so they get pregnant. And she was trying to get pregnant, Right. So she made him, you know, do something that he didn't want to do, which was spray the holes on fertile ground. And that's when stuff got ugly, right? Because he's like, you know, what did you do? She trying to like flip it back on him. He all jilted and stuff. And then she's the one that gets mad. And like, I don't know. It's just, he had his reasons, despite the fact that he had the opportunity to give full disclosure at any time when, I mean, he, anytime he just could have told her what was up, but he chose not to, right? Um, and he was prepared to die on that field and not give her children because of the vow. But it was she who was the one who was like, yo, the Duke and I are going to be married. I just, you know, she was trying to save him, you know, she was trying to save herself and save him, right? And he, he thanked her for, you know, giving up her dream of having kids. But for, you know, she forwent a family to save her ass from her reputation from being destroyed. But did she forget how, how you know, he wanted to? I, I, it, it, it's, it's flustering to me, right? Because he, I know he wanted to marry her. I think he really did. But he knew he couldn't because he didn't want to give up on that vow. Him and his vow thing is just so perplexing. But anyway, he was a man of his conviction on this, right? And that whole thing has been defining, the relationship between him and his father has been defining his entire life. And he had such hatred in his heart for his father. He couldn't move forward in life. He was so stuck, right? And now for love, not for love, happiness, joy, nothing, was he going to just go in a different direction, so it was better for him to cut his nose off despite his face, you know, but in the end, what she did was dirty. That was dirty to her, right? Um, and it was just no different than any woman trapping and trying to trap a man. I don't care if that was her husband or not. But anyway, she proceeded to tell him, you know, how she felt like, uh, what? Like, girl, you tricked this man into nutting into you and then told him it was his fault. He couldn't possibly love her. Like, what? I was like, sitting there looking at the TV like you're doing too much Daphne you're doing too much she was doing the most anyway because I felt like she took away his choice physically even though he took away her choice mentally way before he even knew her this is such a mind tricks like a bag of mind tricks with this shit this is what happens when you're not open to stuff right so let me just say this 
there's like a scene where they're all mad at each other. Man, his eyebrow game was like on point. <laughs> it was like game over. He just looks so sexy when he's mad, right? So there's this in the scene where she's playing the piano and he's shooting, doing his shooting stuff, he's trying to shoot the pigeon, pigeons and man, the looks on his face. The way they angle him on camera, mm, Lord. Mm, the, the agitation made me swoon for dude. Like he was so sexy, but he was like playing mad. Like mm, you want to be mad, just stay mad. So anyway, um, now now his demeanor isn't loving anymore. Simon goes back to the allure he had when he first met her. To me, the one where he was acting like he didn't care about her, and you know she. It's like, what the fuck is going on? They're not talking to one another, barely. It's just it's some bullshit now, right? So now they're fighting and, you know, saying they're not rude, like crass rude or anything. But, you know, they throwing the gauntlet down on one another. She like, like move my shit up out his room. He like, nah, you can't move your shit up out my room. She like, why? He's like, because you're my wife. And she's like, yeah, but after that honeymoon is over, you know, I'm I'm allowed to do it. <laughs> boy that is just so crazy but anyway I think he had been pondering the thought of having children with Daphne all along but see she kept up with that nastiness that he wouldn't you know there was a scene in there where he was giving the biz he was eating the box but she was like yeah let's move this to the bedroom he was like no <laughs> I was like girl you ain't getting no more of that I was like, he don't trust you no more. He was like, this cannot happen. This will not happen. And I'm like, mm, girl. But I, I I realized that within himself, he was suffering with his inner turmoil. And uh, he was being unforgiven because of the vow. You know, eventually he confides in Daphne about the vow. And of course, she's shocked. And um, her happiness with Simon, you know, really kind of hinges on him willing or not to break this vow. But he seems to come around to the idea of having children when he thinks she's like kind of like Mr. Period. And um, but then she comes on and I can see the sadness and relief in his face, like sad for her, but relief for him. You know what I'm saying? Um, and she's like in utter distress. Um, because he, you know, he gave, he, he told her what was up. He told her that if she was with child then he would be there to support her. But if she wasn't, that they were going to be married like a name only. They was going their separate ways. Um, and that he wouldn't darken her doorstep anymore, you know. And, you know, and she was feeling the sorrow from thinking that she was losing her marriage. Because of her little trapping tricks. Didn't go as planned. But that's the chance you take, Right. But I know Simon, he feels sorrow too. He doesn't want to be alone. He wants Daphne, but he knows he can't have it both ways. So he has to come to his own terms. But right now, I think he secretly feels like he won. A slightly. Not not like a big win, but you know. But anyway, but in the end, um, they're at their own ball and she realizes... Um, she pours her heart out to him. She learns of Simon's upbringing and the cruel things Simon suffered at the hands of his father. And she's, you know, piecing stuff together. And she understands now why he made the vow and um, why he needed to keep it. But this allowed her to soften her stance and truly give herself to him. She admitted that she loved him with all his flaws, faults, and imperfections. But this allowed... Uh, this uh, this this set her free, right? But this also set him free, right? Because it allowed him 
to really think about was this vow worth it right was the bondage of it was it holding him back you know realizing that he always loved Daphne in the end what happens he frees himself he comes to her he says he doesn't want to be alone and nothing else will matter they're in this together they get it on and he lets it go he busts one off and they're all happy and they have a baby they have a baby boy and that's that Hmm, craziness, right? But anyway, in all, with the seductiveness of the Duke of um, Hastings, played by Reggae Jean Page, Bridgerton, you know, fed into women's inner lust and passions for wanting that kind of romance. I mean, I just felt like the entire eight episodes were, it was foreplay, it was the sexual act, and it was climax. It was all of it, right? I mean, we went through the whole gambit, and it just fed into the fantasy narrative that I think most women find themselves wanting more. And, well, there's a lot of women out there who want to fix a broken man, especially if he's a fine, broken man, right? And I'm I'm not sure what season two will be able to live up to the hype of the Simon and Daphne storyline. I'm hoping that this is captivating. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. But season one definitely fed into all my escapism. Definitely there. All right, you all. So that was my reflection on Simon and Daphne from Bridgerton. And I will be back soon. Let's hope sooner than I um I left off before to give you my next thought and ramble. Have a good one. Peace.